This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. I've got a deeper love, deeper love, deeper love inside. And I call it pride, a deeper love, pride, a
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Recovery Corner. I am your host, Tanya Wilson, also known as Authoress Tanya Wilson, author of the book, The Time is Now. The Recovery Corner is proudly brought to you by the Literary Corner. We also provide a diverse platform to bring awareness to socioeconomic issues within our community. Christian values, promotion of small businesses, and support of nonprofit organizations. Our partnering NOP, the Theodore House, provides invaluable services for people who suffer with addictions, mental health, homelessness, and HIV. For more information, please contact Ms. Tamika Randall at www.theodorahouse.org. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. So right in the building, House of Stone by Coco. I'm going to show you. She's going to show you. We're going to show you how we do this, huh? What? Yo, this bling be the illest. Coco House of Stone got a feeling. Step up in the room. Royal like a queen. Rockin' House of Stone, girl, you know you reign supreme. Red carpet jewels. Finest of quality. Necklace so reckless. I know you've seen the rosary designing for celebrity. Pieces on the runway. Tracy Lynn was so back when you gotta grow up someday. Big girl accessories. Always on fleek. Not the average, but the baddest chick. The ones who like to be unique. We don't follow the crowd. We set the trends. Other fashions bow down. House of Stone will never be. My bad, with this commercial interrupt, I'm just trying to be your friend, help you step your game up. When you put on House of Stone, get ready for your close-up. Trendsetters, go get his lady didn't know. House of Stone stands alone, I just thought I'd let you know. I think I said too much, you need to catch your breath, nobody does it better. Yo, House of Stone is the best, this is the soul writer. And I'm here with my girl Coco, House of Stone by Coco, that is. She's got the flyest bling on the planet, yo, she kicking down doors. In magazines, on the runway, celebrity jewelry designer. And I'm trying to put you down with games. On Facebook, House of Stone by Coco. Instagram, House of Stone by Coco. Twitter, House of Stone by Coco. Yo, it's real easy. And if you're really trying to holler at my girl, then holler at your girl, the soul writer. And I'll put you in direct contact with none other than the lady herself. Now. When you step outside, your fashion needs to be standing on a firm foundation, and it gets no firmer than the house that Coco built. Yo, check it. I'm going to show you, huh? She going to show you what? We going to show you how we do this, huh? What? House of Stone by Coco. It doesn't get any better than the best. <laughs> Welcome back to the Recovery Corner. I am your host. Author is Tanya Wilson, and my guest for this evening is founder of ROC Recovery Services for Women, Rosemary O'Connor. Rosemary O'Connor is a certified professional coach, a certified addiction coach, and an author. Rosemary O'Connor is the founder of ROC Recovery Services for Women. She got sober in 1999 and understands the challenges of staying sober and rebuilding a rewarding life 
For the past 10 years as an experienced life coach, Rosemary has helped hundreds of people to bring about positive changes in their personal and professional lives. She coaches clients individually and in groups to support, rebuild, and implement structure. Rosemary has developed and facilitates experimental seminars that cover topics that include career development, motivation, life transitions, overcoming fears, effective communication, healthy boundaries, self-confidence, and a step-by-step process to reaching dreams and goals. Rosemary received a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology from St. Mary's College. In 2004, she received her coaching education from the Coaches Training Institute. A year later, she was trained as a leadership coach where she completed more than 200 hours of experiential training. Rosemary is a certified professional coach and has a specialty certification from the World Coaching Institute as a certified addiction coach. She is a member of the International Coaches Federation and has completed training in the Arise Intervention Evidence-Based Method. Rosemary's work in the addiction field includes a prestigious treatment center as a recovery life coach and workshop facilitator for Bayside Marin, Altamira Recovery Programs, Mirror Wood Adolescent Family Program, and Five Sisters Ranch. Rosemary serves on the advisory board of Stepping Stone, the oldest alcohol and drug recovery program for women in Northern California. She is also the author of the book entitled A Sober Mom's Guide to Recovery, Taking Care of Yourself to Take Care of Your Kids. And ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Rosemary O'Connor. Well, thank you so much, Tonya. I really appreciate you having me on the show. It's my pleasure, and I'm so glad you decided to share, you know, your story with us here on the Recovery Corner Blog Talk Radio Show. Now, my first question that I have for you is what was it like for you growing up as a child? What was what did what was life it? look like for you? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm one of uh, seven kids born in eight and a half years, mm. a strong wow. Irish yeah, a strong Irish Catholic family, um, okay. wonderful, loving parents that are still married this day. I think it's like 56 years. And, mm. you know, we were ra- we were raised, I was raised right and, you know, front row church every Sunday mm-hmm. and, um, you know, nice schools. And basically, you know, I was, um, it was very lucky. I was, um, yeah. 
you know, it it, it had a great upbringing. Mm. Okay. So um, now you also um, had, you know, addiction problems yourself. Oh, yes. That's what my book is all about is, you know, okay. basically all all the addictions that I mm-hmm. faced. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a been in recovery for alcoholism over 16 years and when I was a couple years sober um, I went in um, to get treatment for uh, codependency and then I've um, been in recovery for love addiction, um, spending wow. addiction, yeah, spending addiction. Um, yeah, so. Um, wow, I, love addiction? I, oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Love addiction and what else? Spending, uh, or would uh, that be spending, gambling? Like the gambling, gambling. Uh, well, I feel I feel like I gambled <laughs> or my shopping life. addiction. <laughs> yeah, shopping, shopping. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I always tell people there's so many different kinds of addiction. Oh yeah, I mean, you know? I even like you know workaholism. I mean, wow. you know, I just I think um, when I'm not spiritually connected to mm-hmm. um, a, a God, um, and and then I try to go out and do life. Um, Mm-hmm. The the world wants me to be sucked into outside yeah. my spiritual world, and mm-hmm. and you know that that drive can be strong. Right, right. That's so true. That's so true. You know. Yeah. And I believe you know when you have a to be successful in recovery, you have to have a strong spiritual foundation. Oh, for sure. I mean, my and a support system yeah. out of this world because because if you don't have the support that you need, you don't have the spiritual foundation. Chances are you're going to go back out and you know still continue those addictive behaviors. Right. I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's the people, the women that I have mm-hmm. met in recovery that have just saved me time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, I fully believe that recovery is a spiritual journey. It's what led oh, yes. me back. It's mm. what led me back to, um, to God. That's for sure. Right. And, um, that, that's been actually the biggest gift. Mm. Um, you know, uh, well, I, yeah, I was like I said, a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh. It's like you just like being reborn, <laughs> you know. Oh, for sure. It's for like you, sure. your whole life changes when you're yep. in recovery. You have to yep, change your whole has. lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. the whole lifestyle change. You know, you have to be reconnected, you know, to your spiritual spirituality, you know, really. You know, right. Yeah. And once you reconnect with that, and you have a strong support system, you go. <laughs> yeah. Run with yeah. it. Yeah. Because it's definitely a well, gift. Because you know, so many things out here. You know, like my greatest fear when I was, you know, I had alcohol addiction. It was di- like the die in my addiction. I, that was something else oh, that really scared me. So, what for you? Was your was your greatest fear when you were in addiction? Uh, yeah, my greatest fear, and this is really why I got sober, was that I was going to lose my children. That right. um, I, I was separated from my now ex husband, 
and mm-hmm. I knew he would take the kids, and that's right. why I decided. Yeah, and the children is definitely will make you open your eyes, <laughs> for real. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah that's and another part. When you have children, and that's another driving force of, you know, like far as recovery and wanting to get yourself and your life together when you have children. Right. Well, and that's why I wrote the book. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's all, I mean, it comes from a place of, you know, it's a sober mom's guide to recovery. And the tagline mm-hmm. is taking care of yourself to take care of that's right. your kids. That's and, so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just um, uh, knew that in all my addictions, if I didn't get help, that my mm-hmm. kids would suffer. And right. they that's did. That's so true. Because some people think it's so tough. Sometimes you you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of your children. Because if you don't take care of you, how you know the children can't take care of themselves, right? <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? And, and they're job. not going to feel that that bond with you. You know, you have to have you know. I always had a strong bond with my children. Mm. Always did. Right. Always Me did. Too. And, like, the last two months of, like, you know, like, I went on, like, a two-month binge, and it was mm-hmm. devastating for me because I, I've, I've always, I drank ever since I was about 13, and it was, like, mm-hmm. more, like, social drinking. But it's, like, the older you get, mm-hmm. the more the disease progresses. Right. Definitely a progressive you know, fatal disease. Right. So what scared what scared me was I was like for like two months bench like one month of it I was not functional. Oh right, yep. And it scared me to death. It was more of a spiritual rock bottom. Oh, mine too. Yeah, you know, people say they hit rock bottom. They're homeless. There it is. You know, yeah. all this stuff is going on. But me, for me, it was more of a spiritual. I mean, I still had a roof over my head. My kids still there. You know the. Right. It was it was a little different, but spiritual rock bottom is it was horrible. Right, right. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? I'm I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, who is this person? I don't mm-hmm. know her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it scared me to death, and I was so paranoid that to a point where I wouldn't go out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It it mm-hmm. was just terrible until one day I just say I I surrender, I give up, right. I got to go. So I went and got treatment. You know, went to a, oh. you know, we had 28 days, you know, five days to detox or whatever. Then I went somewhere else, you know, straight mm-hmm. from there and went to rehab for 28 days. And I've been sober ever since. So it'll be yeah. five years next month. Oh, that's Uninterrupted great. sobriety. Yay. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah. God, thank you. But that was like, yes, it, it's definitely by the grace of God. Yeah, believe me. Yeah. Because you know, I do. Yeah, that's definitely by the grace of God. Because you know, all it takes is one time. Mhm. To mm-hmm. go back to what you know, I I actually got up and moved and everything. Mhm. I said I got to go. So that's what good I did. Good for you. Yeah. That's good for you. Good for you. So, now you said you had. A, like shopping addiction, love mm-hmm. addiction. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Cause 
Well, I know people yeah. that do have shopping addictions, but love addiction, uh, yeah, well, I guess, you know, because yeah. I know where well, I went for rehab, they had a place where they had people, um, you know, services for people with gambling, people with sex mm-hmm. addiction. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. well um, for me, my experience was when I put down the alcohol, mm-hmm. I picked up the men, uh, you know, anything. Okay. So I anything so I didn't have to feel um, mm-hmm. the feelings, and I was, you know, my kids were two, five, and eight. I didn't know how okay. I was going to support them, and mm-hmm. I just felt like I couldn't do it on my own, and I was right. so ashamed that my family, you know, I just thought I'm just going to find the right guy, and he'll fix me, he'll take care of me, mm-hmm. and then I'll live happily ever after, right? <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You know, nope. that got to give it to God. And um, I went from man to man to man and uh, mm-hmm. finally realized that the, the common denominator was me, not the wrong mm-hmm. guy. Um, right, plus my, right. my, my, pick, my picker was broken. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's, 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 it's yeah. I know. It's just another addiction. Anything mm-hmm. to go outside of myself to make me feel right. better. And right. and then it becomes obsessive, like, where is mm-hmm. he? And then if you find him thinking about him all day, um, wow. yeah. it, 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 it becomes obsessive. And yeah. uh, it has, has a lot of the same um, effects. On mm-hmm. your brain, it's the same uh, addictive yeah. behavior. You know, yeah. it's addiction. Same. Addiction right. is same addiction. It brain. doesn't matter what you know, because a lot of people are addicted to different things. Like mm-hmm. some people have an eating addiction. Right. And you yeah. can name there's so many <laughs> that you yeah. Can be well, I was. To. Yeah, when I was mm-hmm. in college. Um, I was bulimic, and I stopped that behavior, but that's when my, oh, drink, wow. my drinking really took off. I mean, I literally remember being on my knees in front of the mm. toilet saying, God, God, please help me, and so that behavior yeah. stopped, but then my drinking just mm. took off. So, oh, wow. um, yeah. Yeah, I've had most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so so what was, your, what was your drug of choice? Alcohol. Alcohol. Oh, that uh, was again. mine. That was the only one. Now, thank God for that, too, because, like, ooh, I was too yeah. scared to do anything else. So, you know, but oh, that, that, that addiction for, to alcohol was enough. Right. Well, that was and it, enough. Yeah, and it's, the alcohol is socially acceptable. Um, you know, right, and that's what makes it so, yeah. It, that's, right. that's the part to me. And that they make people believe that alcohol is not a drug. Oh, yeah. And it is. And I don't care mm-hmm. how you dress it up, it's still a mm-hmm. drug. Right. Yeah, someone Ask told somebody me. who know. Right, right. Well, Ask somebody like, who really know. Yeah, it's a drug. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's mm-hmm. great all the studies they're doing on the brain now, too, is that you can just yeah. see, um, you know, it's all it's all affecting the reward them in the brain so um and again it's it's what happens but i learned is it's not how much i drink or how often i drink it's what it's what happens when i drink when you drink exactly yeah right right because it's like you can go to a some people can drink socially 
Mm-hmm. But when you have an addiction, you mm-hmm. can't drink like everybody else do. Right. It's right. like you can go to a party and you can drink. Some people can drink, you know, at the party, and then after that, they just go on. I mean, I, I was never really an everyday drinker, mm-hmm. you know. For the most part, I wasn't, didn't really, I, I, sometimes I would drink and then I would be sick, you know, and I wouldn't drink for like four or five months, something like that. And then one time I didn't drink for a whole year. I didn't even pay it no mind, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. like what it does to me, but it's like as I got older, mm-hmm. it was like going to a party, you know, and then the thing is, after the party, I still wanted to keep on drinking. Right. Not right. good. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I was functional with it. You know how you can go to work and rob, but you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah. It was, but when I, mm, you know, whew, not being functional yeah. scared me. Right. Yeah. Well, what also scared me is when I realized that I really wasn't choosing to drink. Like I would say every day, I'm not going to drink tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to drink tomorrow. And I found myself, of course, every day, you know, at 5 o'clock would roll around. And so I really realized that I I could not put it down. It was kind of right. like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Who? Me? It took I'm control over you. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And, and it does. And it does. It does. It does. Yeah, I remember trying to convince, um, you know, my sponsor that I wasn't an alcoholic and because mm-hmm. I would rationalize, you know, the alcoholic brain wants to be anything but an alcoholic. Um, right. I would rationalize. I'd say, well, some days um, I'd only have one, which I don't think was right. ever the truth. Um, or <laughs> there would be, yeah. <laughs> we, we have a habit of not telling the truth. Yeah, or, you know, and, and you always make up excuses to drink. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh yeah. always a reason. I, it's always, a, you know, some reason. Yeah. Or excuse to drink, you know. I'm celebrating this. I'm sad about this. Anything. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. We're human. We're human. But then another thing you said to me, you know, I said, oh, well, some days it's just one or some days it's none. And then some Mm -hmm. days it's, you know, 10 and I black out. And she said, okay, Rosemary, when Mm. you wake up in the morning, when you wake up, do you know if it's going to be a zero or one or a 10 drink day and I said no and she said well see you've lost the power then wow um, because there were so many times when I thought oh I'm just going to have one or two and then before I know it I'm passed out and I think mm-hmm. I've had you know 10 to 20 and you know end up yeah. in a strange place so yeah, yeah. So, so did you kind of grow up around the drinking and stuff like that oh was it something that oh, was yeah. normal in your household or oh, like absolutely yeah. yeah, we're you know we're Irish Catholic. Everybody oh, me. Is, well, look, I got yeah. Irish too. I got Irish in me, and I always yeah. just make a joke. I'll be like, I said, that's why I like beer so much because I got Irish blood. Then I got <laughs> Indian blood, you know, oh, oh, and also yeah. Af- you know African American. Yeah. So yeah. well, yeah, yep. I, I'm predisposed yeah. anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I definitely love right. my beer. <laughs> yeah. You know, because oh, yeah. you know how you make jokes and stuff and mm-hmm. whatever. But you know, right. but it it became to a point where I got so sick and tired of it. I was sick and mm-hmm. tired of being sick and tired. Right. And I said right I here. cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm done. 
finished. <laughs> yep. Well, thank God, right? Yes, and I, I, I also believe that God actually took me through that mm-hmm. to wake me up. Oh, for sure. Because he wanted to use me to do something uh, to help other people. Yeah, that's because if, if, cause, and, and I always say this, and people always, sometimes people will say, you shouldn't say that. But if I was mm-hmm. still able to drink and still function, mm-hmm. I might still be drinking. Right. But he took me to well, a place where he made it sure that I wasn't functional because he mm-hmm. wanted to use me for his purpose. I wouldn't be doing right. a show. I wouldn't have wrote no book. I'd still be probably uh-huh. joking about writing a book about my life, you know, because I used to do that. Right. So, yeah. Well, uh, I, I think it, I think that's the best part of all of this that you know we oh, get yeah. to I help out other people mm-hmm. and it, it, you know we get it we get it and we can be the hope just like the other women were the right. hope for me that um, I don't have to live that way any longer. Right. And and then you know and then the connections I've made with people in this world and my connection to God and yeah mm-hmm. just that I had the opportunity to write this book and. The, the miracle that Hazelden published it. I mean, I didn't think right. I was a writer or an author, and certainly I didn't think that Hazelden would publish it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I just kept listening to that voice saying, write a book, right. write a book. Write a book. That's what, that's what I'm saying, the inspiration, because I always joked about it, and then one day I was like, you know, I should write that book. And then, you know, mm-hmm. and, and God really did inspire me to write that book. Oh, yeah. You I'm know. very clear on myself. I'm very clear. You know, definitely, you know, because it was like he, like the title of the book, kind of now, I was like trying to think, of, well, I don't even know where to start, you know, like try to start from the beginning mm-hmm. of my life and work and go, you know, just go on from there, or should I start from now and work my way back? Mm-hmm. Then it's like, right. just write it, the time is now. I said, boom, this right. my title already. I already had the cover of the book picked uh, out already before I even got the title of what it was going to be so i just started writing like say like i had a goal set in mind that i would finish my book on my three years sober anniversary so i started writing the book in january of 2014 and i finished that book on exactly my three years sober anniversary which was march 20th and i did a self-publishing on lulu.com And it wow. was published, like, I think March 31st or something like that. It was actually, oh. you know, published. I think it was published before then, but it was, like, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble mm-hmm. Books a Million by March 31st or something like that. But wow. I was finished. It. I had a goal in mind, and I, and I prayed before mm-hmm. I wrote each chapter. You yep. know, I didn't even same. work on it every day, and I finished it in two months' time. Wow. Yeah, because, I, see, I, when you're writing about your own life, mm-hmm. there's no writer's block. Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Now, yeah, I, I, I used to write as a teenager, but I will always get writer's block and just put it down, and then life happened. You know how when you're a teenager, oh, yeah, yeah. It just, oh, you yeah. know, then life happened, and you have children, and boom. And that, you know, after that, I always make a little, no joke, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a story about my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I I did the same thing too. Each time before I wrote, um, I would just say, "God speak through me." I, you know, I, I want yeah. this to be your book, 
And mm-hmm. I, so I, I, and then whenever I got like stuck, I'd put the pen down or the computer down mm-hmm. and say, okay, God, I'm yeah, stuck. Sometimes you have to take a break. But like I said, yeah. that's why I said I didn't write every single day. Mm-hmm. But when he said, sit your butt down, <laughs> that computer and get to writing. And I say my little yeah. prayer and just start mm-hmm. writing and just flow. Mm, that's you great. Know, it just flowed. That's you know? great. Yeah. So, so who who were your your role models when you were growing up? Oh gosh, um, my role model. Well, it, one, my dad for sure. His um, his faith was just so strong, and <laughs> he and he he is just this wonderful man, kind and loving and generous, and um, and and then too. Uh, my mom, really their spiritual life has always been number one in their lives. Um, right. And then uh, my dad's mother, my grandma Mimi, um, yeah, I mean, I she died when I was seven, but there was just something about yeah. her that was mm-hmm. a real role model. And then one of my aunts, who I always adored, she got sober. Um, she actually died 25 years sober. So. Wow. He, yeah, growing up, that was growing up. But really, my real mentors and uh, role models once I got sober were all the women that had gone before me. Um, so those were my real role models. Uh, I'd say other than my parents uh, in my life. Okay. So, yeah. how about who, you? Who would you say are your role models now? Um, my sponsor for sure. Um, mm, okay. She's she's got a lot of years before me, um, ahead of me. She's been married and divorced, and she's um, a mother, and now she's a grandmother. I'm not a grandmother yet, uh, me but either. It, it's <laughs> again it's it, it's women in in recovery that have walked through uh, life and didn't pick up a drink or a drug, and they're helping other people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and the, those are my role models, and um, they can. I think they, they continue to be. They're, it's more of the people that have really overcome some real life hardships, but yet they get up. Right. And they mm-hmm. they help other people. Um, I just I really admire people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your. Um, you're, you are the founder of ROC, Recovery Services for Women. So tell me a little bit about your your recovery services. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I, um, I'm i an addiction coach and a recovery coach. So mm-hmm. basically all, all the people I work with mainly are women uh, and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do recovery coaching, life coaching, I have a sober living for women over 30, and and I'm also in the process of writing my second uh, book, and it's Ooh. really kind of it's along the same format of just different right. short short topics. But you know mm-hmm. everything I do is in the recovery field, and um, and mainly services for women. So anything that might mm-hmm. help them, support them along their, their journey mm-hmm. in life. So you do like transitional services for women like going and transition like from when they go 
when they finish, you know, with their treatment. Mhm. Right. You know, and they can and, go and like a sober right. living home. Exactly. And and some of the women I work with live at the sober living, but many don't. Mm-hmm. Many I'm just coaching right. them, whether it be on the phone or face to face or Skype. Mm-hmm. So that's the majority okay. of my business. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, Sounds very great. grateful. Very grateful. Me too. Because like for me I can't like my my gratitude won't let me just sit there. And I do right. because I'm so right. grateful to be free from that that mm-hmm. I can't help but reach out to other people to help them. Right, right. You know, because a lot of people in recovery, you know, they they you know they go to their meeting or they do what they do and they don't really reach out. I, and I just don't understand how you can be in recovery and mm-hmm. not help somebody else, even if well, you know, like for me. I never really went to meetings mm-hmm. like that, because, like, in rehab, that was, like, 20 days of meetings all day, every day. Uh-huh. And once I got on the out, you know, out of there, I went to maybe four meetings all together, and it wasn't for me. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So then they had signed me up, actually signed me up for an outpatient program, and I would go there. Mm-hmm. I went there. I think that lasted maybe two weeks because then I got bored. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to do that no more. So then, <laughs> like, when I was about, I would say, about one year sober, I still felt a little off, mm-hmm. you know. And right. I didn't know why, but then something, I was sitting there one day, and something said, go upstairs in your bedroom and look in your book because I had like a binder with all my stuff from recovery, you know, from rehab Mm -hmm. and papers and all kinds of stuff. And I looked at one of the papers and it had a diagnosis on it. And it said generalized anxiety disorder. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I said, well, is that what's wrong with me? I said, now, I know for me, I was, I met, like, was excessive worrier. I just worried mm-hmm. all the time. You would never know it. Right. Right. You wouldn't know it because I was, like, always the coolest person in the room. Like, if something breaks out and happens, <laughs> I'm the one calming everybody else down. Yeah. You know how you the one calming everybody else down? The one who's all oh, cool? Yeah. No. Right. Mm-hmm. But I always right. worried all the time. And it was, like, too, like, it affected my life because I worry so much, you know. Right. So I didn't know they had gave me a diagnosis. So what I did was I took all my papers that, you know, from rehab and called the closest mental health clinic and signed up for therapy, and I still go to therapy to this day, and that's the program that I work. And it works for me, you know. Yeah. But I don't have anything is what works for you. Because we're all, you know, on a journey of recovery, but we all take different paths. We're all on different paths. But it's the same journey, you know. I have Mm -hmm. nothing against somebody that goes to me and says it works for them, Mm -hmm. you know. But it didn't work for me to go to a meeting. I'm like, that's not really helping me because I I was so tired of, like, the meetings. I mean, I can't say that I was tired of it. It was just that. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I learned so much about 
the disease of addiction mm-hmm. and rehab, and I'm so glad that I went. Right. But yeah, a lot of people you. would say, you know, this is my sixth time being here, and I'm looking at them like, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I ain't never, you know how you thinking in your head? I said, I ain't never coming back here. You know what I'm saying? Even though, you know, I, I learned that. I said, I ain't trying to be up in here no six times. I ain't coming back. Trust me, you ain't going to see me uh, you, no more. You, are <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's you great. won't see me because after I'm done, I'm done. When I said I'm done, I, went, I meant it. Yeah. You know, because then you well, have people. You know, mm, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I I love that. Um, but and I I I I can take about another minute. I could sit here and talk to you all day long, but unfortunately, I can't. Um, maybe okay. we can do another show or something. But um, this has been so great to yeah. chat with you and um, it was know nice that talking to you too. Yeah, it's knowing that you know we're not alone. We've got a lot of it's um you've done so many great things. I'm really inspired by you. I'm inspired by you too. You know, because <laughs> well, you, you know the main thing is talent. like knowing that you're not alone, and you know oh. a lot of people out there think that they're the only one going through certain things, but you just don't know. There's so many people out there that need right. help, and all they got, and some people are afraid or ashamed to ask for help. So, mm-hmm. what advice would you have for someone that's in active addiction, and also what advice? would you have for someone that's in recovery? Well, I'd say uh, reach out and get some help, whether you're um, just trying to stay sober today and even for all the people out there that are sober is uh, keep asking for help because life keeps showing up and none of us are alone. Yeah, it's going to keep showing up. (laughs) Yeah, and and none of us are alone. We don't have to be alone in any of our struggles or our joys, we're, we're meant to yeah. we're meant they're meant to be shared. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, well, definitely, I definitely believe that. You know, we're supposed to help each other. You know, right, right, helping others. You well, know, yeah. Well, thanks again. I do have to run, but okay. Um, but just before you go, just before you go, um, can you um? Tell people how they can purchase your book and where they can purchase your book and how they can reach you on social media. Because sure. you have, well, you know, um, the Super Bowl <laughs> thing yeah, going on. Yeah. So. yeah, that's why I've like, got to go. I've got a house full of people. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they can, everybody can get all, all those things, my book, and contact me on social media. They go to my website, which is rocrecoveryservices.com. Okay. Okay. And how can where can they purchase your book? Um, they can purchase it off of my website. Okay. Yeah, or or they or they can go to hazelden dot org. It's H A Z E L. And it's also mm-hmm. on hazelden. Yeah, I have it on the web on the uh, hazelden www dot hazelden dot org. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's also on Amazon. I saw it there. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's in a lot of bookstores. Mm-hmm. Barnes and yeah. Noble. So, yeah, they okay. it's, it's pretty easy to find. Okay, well, thanks again. And okay, uh, so thank you for joining us and sharing uh, your story with us on the Recovery oh Corner Block Talk radio show. And I'm going to go out the commercial. I usually do my serenity prayer, but because we're pressed for time, we're going to go out 
on the commercial, and we're going to say good night to everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night. And thank you for joining us on the Recovery Corner Blog Talk Radio Show. So right in the building, House of Stone by Coco. I'm going to show you. She's going to show you. We're going to show you how we do this, huh? What? Yo, this bling be the illest. Coco House of Stone got a feeling. Step up in the room. Royal like a queen. Rockin' House of Stone, girl, you know you reign supreme. Red carpet jewels, finest of quality. Necklace so reckless. I know you've seen the rosary designing for celebrity. Pieces on the runway. Tracy Lynn was so back when you gotta grow up someday. Big girl accessories, always on fleek. Not the average, but the baddest chick. The ones who like to be unique. We don't follow the crowd. We set the trends. Other fashions bow down. House of Stone will never be. My bad, with this commercial interrupt, I'm just trying to be your friend, help you step your game up. When you put on House of Stone, get ready for your close-up. Trendsetters, go get his lady didn't know. House of Stone stands alone, I just thought I'd let you know. I think I said too much, you need to catch your breath, nobody does it better. Yo, House of Stone is the best, this is the soul writer. And I'm here with my girl Coco, House of Stone by Coco, that is. She's got the flyest bling on the planet, yo, she kicking down doors. In magazines, on the runway, celebrity jewelry designer, and I'm trying to put you down with games. On Facebook, House of Stone by Coco. Instagram, House of Stone by Coco. Twitter, House of Stone by Coco. Yo, it's real easy. And if you're really trying to holler at my girl, then holler at your girl, the soul writer, and I'll put you in direct contact with none other than the lady herself. Now, when you step outside, your fashion needs to be standing on a firm foundation, and it gets no firmer than the house that Coco built. Yo, check it. I'm going to show you, huh? She going to show you what? We going to show you how we do this, huh? What? House of Stone by Coco. It doesn't get any better than the best. <laughs> This is the smell of a warm, three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. 